It's four o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life, things that have come up as you've been studying or that you're unsure of. Or if you have a prayer request, something that you'd like to share with people and ask for prayer for, you can call us or you can text us. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. I want to welcome all of you who are listening in different places around the country. We have those of you who are listening on Grace FM here in Colorado, all the way from Cheyenne, Wyoming, all the way down to Colorado Springs and even south of there on Grace FM, as well as we want to welcome those who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Something that I should mention for those who are listening on the East Coast is that this show plays on a one week delay on the East Coast. So those of you who are listening to this episode and hearing me talking now, I actually recorded this show last week. And so what that means is when, when you call in, sometimes you won't, uh, if you call in live, sometimes you won't get to talk to the person that is that you're hearing on the radio. But definitely do call in because we want to hear your questions, we want to answer them, and we want to pray for you and all those things. Also want to say hello to those who are listening online. Welcome to the program. I know so many listen in uh, different states and even in different countries. I have friends over in Europe and they tell me that they've tuned into the program. So welcome wherever you're listening. We're glad you're listening. Feel free to call in. Here at the beginning of the show is always the best time to call in, by the way, because we start with just uh, completely open lines. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Or you can text at 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. Just a bit about myself. I am the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is a Calvary Chapel affiliated church in Longmont, Colorado. Our church meets in downtown Longmont. So for those of you in the northern Colorado, uh, Longmont, Boulder, you know, Niwot, Frederick, Firestone, Mead, Berthoud, that whole area, Lyons, we would love to have you come check out our church. Uh, we meet in downtown Longmont. Uh, if, for those of you familiar with the city, Roosevelt Park is the name of what's the city park here in Longmont. And our church meets in the St. Vrain Memorial Building, which is on the southeast corner of Roosevelt Park, right on the corner of Kaufman and Longs Peak Avenue. So it's 700 Longs Peak Avenue, and our church is called Whitefields, and we're there on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We'd love to have you come check us out, or you can check us out online anytime at whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. You can also hear me here on Grace FM every weekday at 2.30 p.m. We have a show called Life in the Field, which is our sermons from our Sunday morning services, as well as on Sunday mornings. You can also hear me here at uh, 10 a.m. We have a caller already on line one. We're going to go ahead and go to Kevin in Colorado Springs with a prayer request. Hi, Kevin. Hi there. You have a prayer request? Yes. Yes, I do. Um kind of I've got a lot going on in my life right now um first my brother um his marriage is really really suffering and it's uh, just about to end 
and he looks to me for a lot of godly advice. Um, and right now I'm kind of struggling with a little bit of anger myself toward his wife. Um, and so I just need some help and, uh, and hopefully some forgiveness and, and, and getting over that so that I can continue to be a source of encouragement for my brother, Corey. Um, and then also, uh, Corey and I are, uh, we're going to lose our father here soon. Uh, we just moved him into an assisted living center yesterday, um, and uh, things just aren't looking real good for him. He's um, his body is failing him, and and it's real hard for uh, for both of us to um, deal with what's going on for my brother and also um, losing my dad. So uh, I was just kind of hoping to um, get a source of um, encouragement from you guys, and uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. Great. I'm going to read you a scripture that speaks to me in times like this. In fact, I might even read you two. But I'm going to read you, uh, begin with 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. It says, For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. He says, if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. And I just want to encourage you that with that, Kevin. I, uh, I hear your heart, and my heart goes out to you. It sounds like a very hard time in your life. I just want to encourage you with those words and say this, that um, God gives us this promise that in whatever we go through, whatever valleys, whatever darkness we might walk through, he is with us. And not only that, but he's actually going to use those times in our lives so that he might minister through us. So I just want to encourage you in that. There are things that God's going to be teaching you during this time in your life, which he's going to use later on in your life for his glory and for your good and for the good of others. And... Um, so I pray that God would surround you with people who also are able to put an arm around you and comfort you. Do you guys have a good Christian community that you're a part of down there? Yeah, um, uh, my wife and I actually attended, my brother has actually started attending with us. Uh, we go to RMC um, with Pastor Eric. And that's so, awesome. Um, yeah, that's great. And actually there was a, um, a guest speaker this past weekend who um, had a had a story about his own marriage and how that failed, and it really really spoke to my brother. So, um, you know, I know that God's timing is uh, is incredible, and and I know that it's so much better than ours. Um, sometimes it's just so difficult to see, you know, through the storm, um, how beautiful it will be at the end. But uh, I'm just trying to trying to keep the faith and trying to stay as strong as I can. Okay, if you got time, I'll read you one more scripture. This is from Romans chapter eight. And it says this, he says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. He says, the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. And he goes on to say this, he says, in this hope uh, we were saved. He said in verse 23, we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait, the eager, we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. This is the hope in which we are saved, and hope that is not seen is not hope. For who hopes in what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And what that verse speaks to me about, and I hope it speaks to you too, is the fact that we live in this fallen world where 
unfortunately, things are not the way that they were meant to be. They're not the way that they should be. But the promise of the gospel is that one day they will be. One day things will be right. And we have the first fruits of that within us if we are children of God. But we look forward to the full realization of that. Yeah. So, okay, let me pray for you and your brother. And uh, thanks for calling in. Heavenly Father, we pray for Kevin. Thank you for his heart to walk with you and his heart to walk through this difficult time. I thank you that they have a good Christian community that they're a part of, and I pray that people in that community would surround them during this time and put an arm around them, something tangible to say, this is the love of God through us towards you to support you during this time. Lord, we pray for his brother Corey who's going through this uh, marriage and the end of the marriage. Lord, we pray for both of them as they struggle with anger, that they're Lord, we ask that no root of bitterness would be able to take root in their hearts. And Lord, I also pray for them as they are losing their father as he's in assisted living. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would be with him. We pray that, Lord, he would know your love and he would know the comfort of the Holy Spirit even as he's in that place. And that as these men lose their father, Lord, we pray that they would know you in an even greater way as their Heavenly Father. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, man, thank you so much. Yes, thank you for calling in. God bless you. God bless you, too. Have a good one. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. I am Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, here uh, on the air with you today, taking your calls and texts. The number to call, we've got all open lines right now. It's a great time to call in. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. You can also text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. I was going to share with you quickly about uh, something we're doing at Whitefields right now. So currently our series we're going through is a book of Jonah, which is uh, we've given it the title God's Mission in the World. And one of the things I love about the story of Jonah is that Jonah was the first of the uh, prophets to be sent not to the people of Israel but to be sent to go to a foreign nation and this we see uh, a new paradigm a new model for missions rather than the attractional method which I think is very valid right like Jesus calls us to be salt and light in the world and he says let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your father who's in heaven and so that's very valid, and that's kind of how the people of Israel lived throughout their history, was that God had told them to be a city on a hill and to be a light to the nations, and they did that, but essentially those nations had to come to them. And, and that did happen to some degree. I mean, we read about like the Queen of Sheba coming during the time of Solomon and, and people converting to Judaism through that. But I love with Jonah that it's a time when God calls them to go, go into the world and preach this message of repentance and faith and mercy, the mercy of God that comes along with that promise. And so Jonah goes, and, uh, and as we've been doing that, we as a church in Longmont have been also doing a big outreach project this summer called Project Back to School. So what we've been doing with this is that we found out that foster children are an at-risk people group in our society. So, you know, if you look at statistics, it shows that kids who are raised in foster care have higher rates of dropping out of school. And after that, they have higher rates of uh, unemployment, um, incarceration, and even homelessness and teen pregnancy, stuff like that. And the one factor that can help them buck this trend is if they can graduate school. So we are working with Weld County uh, Human Services to provide 
school supplies for children who are at risk and in need. And some of these kids are kids in foster care, and some of them are actually refugee families uh, who are based in Weld County. And so this year, we, we did this. We started last year with kind of a soft launch. We did 50 families last year, and this year we decided to support 100 families. And this past Sunday at Whitefields, we were able to get coverage for 50 of those. And so we're looking forward to, we're, going, we're doing it for three more weeks. We're looking forward to how God's going to provide. And if it continues this way, who knows, maybe we'll even be able to do beyond what we were uh, projecting. So we're excited about that. I just want to let you know about some of the things that we're uh, doing and encourage you as you consider the book of Jonah and the mission of God to seek out ways that you can be on mission with God wherever you are. We're going to go ahead and go to line one where we've got Tim here in my hometown of Longmont, Colorado. Tim, hi, you're on the air. Uh, hello, I have a question about um, Jesus' teaching about the rich man and Lazarus in Luke chapter 16. Okay, great. I'll turn there. Go ahead. There are a couple of things about it that um, I'm kind of uncertain about. Uh, one, the story is about a rich man who ends up going to hell and a poor man, Lazarus, who goes to heaven. And from, from hell, um, the rich man then goes on to talk to Abraham, presumably up in heaven, and I think even Lazarus. How is it that somebody in hell um, can communicate with somebody in heaven? And, um, you know, what, what is Jesus trying to teach in this, uh, in this story? Is this something that actually happened, or is it just a, a teachable moment? I'm not sure about that. Yeah, okay, so to answer that last question, I'm not sure if this was a an actual thing that happened or if it was a teachable moment. We know that Jesus did have a friend named Lazarus, but I don't think that's the Lazarus he's talking about here personally because this Lazarus is a um is like a a beggar, like he's a homeless guy basically. Yeah. And um it seems that Jesus' friend was not. So there's there's that. So I don't think this is necessarily speaking about something that actually happened. I think it's more of a parable. Um, but I could be wrong about that. So, uh, But to answer your other question, how is it that this guy was able to communicate across this abyss, we might call it, between heaven and hell? So the way to understand this is whenever you look through the Old Testament, um, they use this term sheol, which is a Hebrew term for the dwelling place or the house of the dead, right? And so there's Sheol. But then there's also these interesting promises where that those who died in faith are going to be redeemed, but yet the Redeemer, the Messiah, has not yet come. And so they can't yet be redeemed. And so the way that you can understand this is that everybody who dies, say prior to Jesus' uh, resurrection, death and resurrection, Everybody who dies goes to Sheol, the dwelling place of the dead. But in Sheol, it seems that there would be a separation, which it seems is actually described pretty clearly here in Luke chapter 16, where it says that there was this chasm which could not be crossed, but yet somehow it seemed like they could see each other and they had some awareness that they were there. So I guess rather than thinking in terms of like high and low, try and think of one realm where everybody's kind of you know, in two, one realm divided into two compartments, I guess you could say. On the one hand, you have Hades, which is uh, a place of torment, which we see is actually talked about here and there. The guy says that he's in anguish in these flames, right? And he said, he asks that someone would, 
you know, give him, he says, dip his finger in water and cool my tongue. I'm in anguish in these flames. And so on the one hand, you have Hades. And then on the other hand, you have um, what we would call Abraham's bosom. And Abraham's bosom was where the Jews believed was kind of the waiting place where those who died in faith would go until the time of redemption came. So, and so Jesus died on the cross. This uh, bosom of Abraham would then be emptied since the Redeemer, you know, Jesus, the Messiah, died and, and paid our sins. These people would then leave the bosom of Abraham to heaven, perhaps? Yes, and there's actually a verse that refers to that. I'm trying to remember where it is. It's in um, Peter, one of Peter's two letters, and I'm not remembering the reference right offhand. But they, what it says is that he descended into uh, the depths and that he carried those captives in his train. And so but a lot of people, they put all that all together, and I, and myself included, believe that what that refers to is that during the time when Jesus uh, was dead, before his physical resurrection, that Jesus entered into hell and I guess you could say busted a hole in the wall of of Abraham's bosom and he led those people who had died in faith uh, prior to that remember because there's all these references in the Old Testament that those who die in faith are going to be saved uh, because you know they're saved through their faith but by the grace of God and so uh, then he would lead them to heaven now that brings up a whole another question which is I had this question last time I, I taught the show, which is, um, okay, so is the heaven that people are in now the same heaven that they will be in after the second coming of Jesus? And I think the answer is no. I think that the answer is that this is uh, the heaven. So if you were to die today, Tim, and you're a believer in Jesus, you would go to, I guess what we call it a preliminary heaven. Now it'd still be heaven in the sense that you're in the presence of God and it would be a place without pain and sorrow and these things. But it would not be the fullness of what heaven will be, which is seen at the very end of the book of Revelation, like the new heavens and the new earth that descend and the, the restoration of Eden and of the ideal that God created the world to be. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah. Um, and the difference now, since the Redeemer, uh, Jesus Christ the Messiah, died and was resurrected, the difference is that as someone who dies in faith, I don't go to this place, Sheol, and wait to be drawn up to heaven with Christ, it now happens in, in the twinkling of an eye. I, immediately at, at the time of death, will my spirit will go to heaven, and then we wait the second coming of Christ until the new heaven and the new earth is created, the, the restoration. Yeah, and at, at that same point, I would also say that um, there's an interesting point in the end of the book of Revelation where it says that, for example, Hades, or hell, will actually be dumped out and emptied into the lake of fire, which means that they, I guess you'd call it the, you know, preliminary, or I don't even know if preliminary is the right word. It's the uh, temporary heaven that people are in now as they await the full redemption and judgment day and all that. And as Jesus comes and, and brings the new heaven and new earth, also the hell that exists now is a temporary hell, which will be ultimately replaced, uh, well, which will be emptied into the lake of fire. So what you see there is that Sheol is a temporary thing which awaits the final judgment day Does that makes sense but jesus yeah. has already taken the people from abraham's bosom who died in faith um, mm -hmm. to heaven to the presence of god but sheol is still waiting for the final judgment day at christ's second coming right so the other part of sheol like hades is right. awaiting 
that, at which time it says that, and, and there's really no way out of it. And so you had asked, what was the point of this parable? Yeah, this because, story? you know, this is, this is Luke, it's the New Testament, you know, Jesus is on earth teaching, and, and his, his message is one of uh, love and mercy and repentance, and yet we find this really harsh reminder of hell and Hades and suffering. So what, what is it that Jesus is trying to teach us through this story? What's the context? What's the message? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, he's he's in a section where he's telling a lot of parables. But you know what? I would actually, you know, I agree with you. Jesus came with a message of love and mercy and grace. But you know what? He also came with very many strong warnings about um, about hell. And that's really what this is here, uh, is a warning to say, hey, you know, once you're down there, you know, once once it's done, like once your time is up, like you can't switch sides, you know, and he even has this thing where he says, well, then please send somebody to warn them so that they don't end up in this place of torment. That's verse 28. But it says in verse 29, but Abraham says to them, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. And um, and he said, no, Father Abraham, you know, if someone goes to them from the dead, then they'll surely repent. And he said, listen, if they're not going to listen to Moses and the prophets, they're probably not going to listen to anybody. And so it, it really is meant to be a warning. And I think it is a grave warning, really, and a, and a very sobering warning to say that those who die apart from faith, once you're dead, there's no switching sides. There's, it's, a, it's a gap. I forget how he puts it here. In impa oh, a great chasm which has been fixed and so that no one can cross from there to here. And I think that that is a very important warning because, you know, there are some teachings out there some groups that teach that that hey you know maybe you could your deceased loved ones you could do things on, for them you know there are some groups that get baptized on behalf of the dead even and there are some who who pray and light candles on behalf of the dead thinking that they can somehow you know transition from one side or the other or that they're in limbo between the two sides and this makes it very clear and i think it's actually very helpful yeah, I mean, it, it really focuses light on, you know, it's really important what happens in that dash between, you know, the date of being born, the date of dying, that dash is really important. And we can't, whatever we're going to accomplish, you know, that has eternal meaning needs to happen in that dash, because after that, you know, end date, there's nothing else that we can do. Yeah, absolutely. And there are several of Jesus' parables that are about that very thing, even in this section, but particularly like in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 13, where he has these parables that are called the kingdom parables. And in those, you know, there's a re some really stark warnings. You're like, wow, like he says that he's going to, he used this one parable of the fish. And it says they pull up the fish and they sort out the fish and some of them are go to destruction. I mean, a lot of Jesus' parables actually end with that warning that those who were not part of the group that died in faith or were chosen, that they go off to destruction. And so, um, you know, we recently at our church, we studied the parables of Jesus, and it was actually quite surprising and striking to me, uh, even though, you know, I was kind of prepared for it, but I was surprised at how much Jesus talked about hell. It's, it's been pointed out before that Jesus talked more about hell than he talked about heaven and, and several other topics. So, okay. Well, thank you for uh, answering my question. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you for calling in, Tim. God bless you. you too. 
All right. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We have all open lines right now, so it's a great time to call in. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. I'm going to go over to a question on the text line. Uh, This is from Melissa, and Melissa has this question. If we don't finish this question before our break, which is coming up in three minutes, then we'll continue it after the break. But here's the question. I have a question. What do you think about the topic of exhaustion? Can there be a spirit of exhaustion? I feel like I have a heavy spirit of exhaustion in my home for almost a year now. Whenever I'm outside my home, I feel no exhaustion. It's only when I walk inside my home and I prayed and prayed and can't get rid of it. Is there anything you know about this or have heard? This is something that has been heaviness affecting my life, and I'm not sure if it's oppression. So what I'm guessing that you're referring to is uh, demonic oppression. And so I'm, I'm trying to think about this, if there's any uh, example of this that I can think of in the Bible. Looking up a few right now, so here's a few examples of people who experience exhaustion. Read about, for example, David's men. First in First uh, Samuel 30 tells a time in David's life when the Philistines captured the wives and the children of all his men, and the men were so overwhelmed with grief that it says that they wept aloud until they had more, no more strength to weep. That's uh, speaking of exhaustion. This would be emotional shock and sorrow. We also read about Esau being exhausted. That was a physical exhaustion. Read about other people, like for example, uh, Epaphroditus in Philippians. We read that his he was worn out from his work. I guess I'm not finding any place in the Bible where, it re- where we read about someone being having a spirit of exhaustion, like you said. Um, but here's what I would say regarding demonic oppression. I believe that the Bible teaches very clearly that if the Spirit of God is inside of you, is within you, then you will not be um, you will not be able to have demonic. Uh, I guess you could say indwelling of demons in your life. So I don't believe that a Christian person who has the spirit of God within them can have, uh, I guess you could call it a house divided, meaning that they have demonic spirits inside of them. Now, but that is another question as to whether or not demonic spirits can harass or or bother or oppress a person uh, from the outside of them. And I guess in theory, I do believe that that is true, that that could happen. But here's the other thing. I do also believe in the power of the name of Jesus. And so I would just encourage you, continue to pray over your home. But I would also encourage you to look into, um, I would also encourage you to look into other physical factors, emotional factors. And I would just really uh, encourage you, pray over your home, pray in the name of Jesus, and really seek to know what the, uh, or seek to drive that out. I do believe that we have power in the name of Jesus that is more powerful than any demon and that demons flee at the name of Jesus. So I would encourage you continue to pray over your home in that and continue to claim that space for Jesus. Not in that kind of name it and claim it sort of way, just in saying that this place belongs to Jesus. One of the things that I often pray 
is that God would bind the strong man. I love this saying that Jesus did. It's a little bit cryptic what he said, but he, he was talking about this idea of binding the strong man so that you can steal what he has held captive. And so one of my prayers that I often pray, whether it's before church service or last night we prayed with our elders over our church, and I just pray, Father, would you bind the enemy in all the ways that he wants to twist and cause division and problems and destruction? And would you rob that that strong man, meaning the enemies, devil, the Satan, would you rob his house? Take those things which he has held captive and take them captive for you yourself. Make them your own and take back what he has tried to take uh, from you and your kingdom. So I would pray, for, I would encourage you to pray that over the place where you live and just encourage you in that. We'll be right back after the break. This is Calvary Live. I'm Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Church in Longmont. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Well, good afternoon and welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont on the air with you today, taking your calls and texts. Welcome to those of you listening on Grace FM in Colorado, as, those, as well as those on the East Coast uh, in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland on Hope FM. We also want to say hi to those of you who are listening on the app, listening online, wherever you may be. Welcome back to the program. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. We've got all full lines right now, but if you keep trying, we're going to be freeing up some of those as we take these calls that have come in. We're going to go ahead and go right now to line one where we've got Diane with a prayer request. Hi, Diane. You're on the air. Hi, hi. Um, thank you for taking my call. Um, <clears throat> I'm right now in a, in a really um, situation that I uh, first I need a prayer to find a a new um, home church. Um, uh, my husband and I uh, were going to a, a church, and I just feel um, from the direction and the leadership that um, I was given in regards to the situation I'm in. I I, uh, not that I want to jump ship or anything, but I feel like I need to find a, you know, home, a better home church. Mm-hmm. Um, but also my husband, he, um, he really lasts, um, it's been nine months now and, um, and he's on the streets, you know, running around Colfax and he's done this before. It's not the first time. And I'm at the point where I really want to just divorce. Because, um, you know, I, I feel like, but I, I don't, um, I feel I have, you know, the, the, um, I spoke to my assistant pastor and he was like, you know, pray for him, pray for a marriage. But it's not that I want to give up, but I feel like, you know, he's out there doing things that are not biblically, you know, like I have all rights to divorce him. I don't want to, okay. you know, get into it because it's really sure. explicit, but, um. Uh, and it's hurtful and it's painful that, you know, he um, basically treats our marriage like it's, like, you know, it's not, how do I say, important or, 
don't know how to explain it, but that's another thing I need prayer about. <laughs> um, just to keep me strong and um, determined, you know, to keep, you know, serving the Lord no matter what happens because I'm feeling so weak and not strong at the moment. Okay. And um, the third thing is uh, <clears throat> just for direction, I guess. You know, and that's it. <laughs> okay. Um, and I thank yeah. you for your program. It does help a lot, your insight. And, um, so. Can I can I ask you why you're looking for a new home church? I just feel like that's an area where I want to pry a little bit. Well, because my heart, my I, I um I met my husband at at uh, Jesus Saves. I I was a accountant there 17 years ago. And uh, my heart's always been for the loss and the hurting. And I, I, I came from a, I have a great testimony. I almost died in L.A. Um, when I was really young, out, you know, doing my thing. And um, so my heart's always been, you know, to go back into the streets. And, and, and um, but my, my home church doesn't really um, have an outlet or any kind of, you know, um, or they they don't really. For example, I brought people to church who are kind of down and out and um, not in the best, you know, situation, and they 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 kind of um, they don't really get a really good reception from 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 my um, congregation. I I don't know how else to put it. Um, they you know I, I don't think there's a lot of um, openness to starting you know, situation. Um, so okay. I, I would like to find a home church that, that does, you know, maybe if I do take, you know, single women who, who have probably, you know, issues with drug abuse or women who are coming out of, you know, maybe, um, you know, doing things that they shouldn't be doing on the street, okay. you know, um, I just did, I just didn't get a real good reception with them, so that's why I I looking I was hoping to look for another okay. home church, but it's so difficult to well, find here in Danville. <laughs> I will uh, I will pray for you and just really pray that you get involved in a church. You know, I think it's so important that you be in char in a church that that cares about teaching the word of God. And yeah. so I I would hope that. And you know what? Calvary Aurora has a really good research on or resource on their website. They have a list of affiliated mm -hmm. and recommended churches. And I believe most of them are Calvary chapels, but they're not all Calvary chapels. But I would encourage uh -huh. you to go on their website and take a look at uh -huh. that list. See if any of those are near you and um and yeah. maybe they would be good churches. I because I tell you that I know these churches. I mean, I'm part of this group, and I know that these are churches that care about, as I was saying earlier, we care about the mission of God, but we also care about the Word of God, and you never want yeah. to um, have one of those without the other. So let me go That's, ahead no, and pray it, and for it, you. No, and it's not Calvary I was at. So it, oh, well, it's because yeah. my, the church I was at, they're more like Pentecostal, and um, so I, I feel like God's town may be leading me to Calvary, and that's why I'm always listening to Grace, you know, FM yeah. and... Giving, I'm, not, so. I'm not necessarily here to advocate um, for Calvary Chapel per se. I just want you to end up in a church that cares about the things that are very important, the mission of God, the word of God. And so yeah. um, anyway, th that's the group I'm involved with because I believe in that they have those things right. But uh, I want yeah. to encourage you to 
to find the church that's right for you, um, whatever that church yeah. may be. So, but I, I do encourage you to look for those, those factors. Um, but let me go ahead and pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Diane. I thank you for her calling in. And I let our hearts go out to her as her husband is, has relapsed and is doing things that are very hurtful to her. And we know, Lord, that they're hurtful to you and your heart. Lord, we pray that you would bring him out of that. We pray that you would draw him to yourself. And, Lord, that he would know Jesus to be greater than any addiction, greater than any sin, greater than any bondage that he might be in. Lord, we pray that you would set him free, that he would understand the gospel, that he would understand that true freedom is not just freedom uh, to do whatever he wants, but it's freedom to be under your yoke and following you. And sometimes that seems so counterintuitive. We think that that's not freedom if we're submitted to you. But Lord, that's the truest form of freedom that exists is to know our maker and to walk in, in freedom from sin, freedom from addiction and bondage. And so Lord, I pray that you do that work in his life. Lord, that he would truly die to the person that he is now and that he would be born again to new life in Christ with a new identity and a new future. Lord, I pray yeah. for Diane that you would give her direction on what to do in regard to her husband and in regard to her church situation. Lord, would you lead yeah. her by your spirit? Would she know what it is that you want her to do, even if what you want her to do is to stay? Lord, we pray that she would hear your voice speaking to her in both of these areas and that she would follow your leading and do what you want and what honors you most. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you for calling in, Diane. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you too. Thank you. All right. You're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, and I'm here on the air taking your calls and texts today. This is the show where you can call in with your questions from your Bible reading, things that you aren't sure about about the Bible, you'd like some answers or some insight to, or you can call in with a prayer request or if you'd like a little bit of counsel from a pastor. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. We had someone call in, and uh, we're not going to take their call in the air, but I just wanted to address their issue. So earlier in the show, I had been talking about an outreach that Whitefields is doing uh, out of Longmont, but we're doing it in Weld County, which uh, there's part of Longmont, which is in Weld County. This was Devin in Fort Collins called and was asking about how can other people get involved if they want to be part of this. So for those of you who maybe just tuned in, what I was talking about is that our church, uh, and part of our desire to reach out and be salt and light in our community and share the love of God with people in, in word and in deed, our church has taken on this ministry to foster children and refugee children. We're providing them with school supplies. And the reason we're doing that is because statistically it's shown that if these kids can get through school, then they will not they will have a less likely chance of falling into a, a cycle a vicious cycle of of unemployment and drug abuse and all kinds of other bad stuff and so we're working with weld county um human services to provide these supplies and so this person had asked from fort collins was asking how can other people contribute if they would like to because i didn't give any information about that so thank you for calling in and telling me about that because i would love for people to get involved with this ministry we're doing and the more people the better like i said we've got 55 more kids that we'd like to provide for over the course of three weeks and if we get beyond that we're, we're just going to keep providing for more kids so the way to contribute the best thing you could do you could do two things, whichever is easiest for you, whether you're in your car, whatever's easiest to remember. Number one, 
email us at info at whitefieldschurch.com. So that's whitefieldschurch.com. So info at whitefieldschurch.com. And then we are, um, we will write you back. Just include in there that you'd like to help out with it. The name of the project is Project Back to School. But even if you just describe it, we'll make sure that you get the information you need and we'll get you set up so that you can help, tell you exactly what is needed to be provided for and all those things. And we'll, we'll hook you up with an actual child. So we won't just tell you to buy stuff, but we'll hook you up with an actual child who you can be praying for and providing for. And um, the other thing you could do, so if you can't email right now. By the way, the email address once more is info at whitefieldschurch.com. The other way that you could contribute is to go to our website and under our ministries tab, and you can click on Project Greatest Gift, which is kind of the umbrella project for Project Back to School. And there's a form you can fill out there and we will contact you. So our website is whitefieldschurch.com. It's whitefieldschurch.com and under ministries, Project Greatest Gift. So thank you so much for calling in. We had another caller who also said they don't want to be on the air and they just wanted to say thank you. The show is doing really great. So thank you for calling in for the encouragement. We're very glad to hear it. We're going to go ahead and go to Melissa in Denver on line three. Melissa, are you there? Yes. Okay. Hey, thanks for hanging on. I know you had to wait a while. Oh, no, that's fine. So uh, what, um, what did you like to talk about today, Melissa? Um, so I sent in a text question, and I actually got pulled into an emergency meeting, and I missed it. Um, okay, yeah, actually I actually answered your it. question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's what I basically said. I don't believe that uh, demons can possess a Christian, but that doesn't mean, because if the Holy Spirit is within you, I don't believe that any demonic force, if God is in you, I don't believe that any demonic force can share that space. Let's put it that way. Uh, I believe that when light comes in, it drives out all the darkness within you. And so I, um, I would say this to you. I, I do believe, though, that Christians could uh, theoretically experience some kind of demonic oppression, which it sounds like that's what you're speaking about. And so um, my advice to you was pray over the place where you live. Pray in the name of Jesus that those things would be driven out. Pray with other people and agree. And I had mentioned this this phrase that Jesus said, it's a kind of a cryptic phrase, and I guess it's up for some interpretation, and different people interpret it different ways. But the way I understand it is Jesus, you know, he said that uh, you can only rob the strong man's house if you first bind the strong man. And so one of the things that I tend to pray, whether it's before a service or whether it's over a certain situation, I'll pray for God to bind a strong man. Because I don't, also, I think the book of Jude uh, in the New Testament, a very short book at the end, right before Revelation, makes it very clear that we, as people, we should not speak to uh, spiritual entities other than God, right? So we shouldn't speak in prayer or in any realm to demonic entities. We leave that to God. So it says there, like, for example, that in the book of Jude, it says that even Archangel Michael did not rebuke Satan, but he said, God rebuke you. And so I think that's another factor in this that I would encourage you, don't go speaking to demons, don't go speaking to uh, things like that and rebuking them. I, I would tell you, ask the Lord to bind the enemy and bind whatever that demonic force is and then ask him to, to rob the, the, that strong man's house, so to say, and take what he's been holding captive and make it his own. 
So I'll I just go ahead and pray for you over your situation there. But I'd also encourage you, you know, look into everything. Look into physical things that might be causing that. Hopefully there's no carbon monoxide leak or something like that because that could be mm-hmm. very bad as well. So I, I would encourage yeah, you to attack yeah. it from every side. But um, Okay. Cool. So let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we pray for Melissa in Denver and just this, this sense that when she enters her house, she just feels exhausted and tired and overwhelmed. And Lord, we pray that you would lift that, that there would be a sense of joy when she enters her home and a sense of lightness and a sense of life. So Lord, we just pray that you would do that in her uh, residence. And Lord, that your presence would be there. And when she is in that place, that she would know that you are there and where there is light, that Lord, you drive out the darkness And uh, Lord, I pray that you would do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yes, you bet. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for texting in. And God bless you. Bless you too. Thank you. All right. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Longmont, Colorado, here to take your calls and texts on the air today. Uh, We have three open lines right now. So it's 303-690-3000. That's the number to call, 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go ahead and take a look at the text line. We have a text from someone in Venter City, New Jersey, who's listening online. And he says this, Hi there, Pastor Nick in Colorado, listening from Ocean City, New Jersey. I agree about the book of Jonah. One thing to add about the different ministries, note that when Jonah was being defiant, to God's call to preach in Nineveh, he used his defiance to convert the pagan god worshippers to seek his god, the one who commands and calms the raging, raging seas. It amazes me when I read this because as Christians, we sometimes are stubborn to obey his call for our lives, but even in our disobedience, he uses our weaknesses to bring others to his amazing grace. I think we all have a little Jonah in us. Hey, I appreciate that text um, because... I completely agree with you, and and, uh, I can even expand on that, and I'd love to expand on that. So I'm going to just turn there right now to the book of Jonah and show you some things. You know, I learned a really interesting thing this past week as I was preparing to teach Jonah chapter 2, which I taught this past Sunday at Whitefields. And here's what I learned about Jonah, is that on the day called Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement in the Jewish tradition, the Jewish people, even to this day, they will gather in their synagogues and they will have someone read the book of Jonah out loud all at once. So kind of just in one shot, they'll read all four chapters of Jonah, pretty short book anyway. But then collectively, after the book of Jonah has been read to them, the people in the synagogue will collectively say, we are Jonah. And I actually ended up going online and finding a lot of stuff from, uh, from Jewish people about this topic of we are Jonah. And so they write poems about it. There were a lot of blog posts about this because this is their practice. Yom Kippur, read Jonah, and then they say, we are Jonah. Now, what does that mean that we are Jonah? Well, there's actually quite a lot of things that it means when you really think about it. What does it mean that we are Jonah? Okay, so for example, first of all, Jonah ran from God. He ran from the presence of God, which means that he, you know, obviously you can't run from God locationally, but you can run from God relationally. And they did that. They ran from God, uh, ran from what God was calling them to do. And, and frankly, he just didn't get it, right? Because God cared about the nations. And yet Jonah didn't care about the Ninevites. He would rather see them 
rotten hell than be saved. In other words, he even says at the end of chapter 4, he says, God, if you're going to save them, well, then would you please kill me? Basically saying, if they're going to heaven, then I'd rather go to hell. And so Jonah doesn't get it. Another thing, Jonah runs from God. And and then, uh, you know, with the, what's crazy in chapter 2 is that Jonah uh, gets thrown into the sea and then God saves him. So God saves him by pure grace. I mean, Jonah, does Jonah deserve God's judgment? Absolutely. And that's kind of like us, right? So we are Jonah. We, we have run from God. We've run away from God. And then God has come after us. God has pursued us, even though we weren't pursuing him. That's one of the great messages of Jonah. And then God saves us purely by grace. So we are Jonah, people who have run from God. God has pursued us and saved us purely by grace. But here's the interesting thing about Jonah's prayer. It seems really nice on the outside. And in the end, he says salvation belongs to the Lord. But then he goes right back to hating the Ninevites and uh, hoping that they all go to hell. And so what you can see is that Jonah's heart hasn't changed. He's glad that God saved him, but he doesn't care about God saving other people. And sometimes that's us as well, isn't it? That we we care so much about our own spirituality, my relationship with God, my well-being, but we don't share God's heart of caring for others in the world as well. And you're absolutely right. One of the great ironies of the book of Jonah is that everybody obeys God except for Jonah, right? Like, so Jonah, the prophet, the religious guy, he's the only person, even the fish obeys God, right? So in the first chapter, who obeys God? It's the uh, sailors. They get on their knees and they repent and they turn to God, even though Jonah is you know, turning his back on God. Then the fish obeys God. And then in chapter three, the king of the Ninevites obeys God. And then all of them repent and, and God shows them mercy. And Jonah's the only one who disobeys God. And even when he does obey God, he does it with the wrong attitude. So I, I love your point there. Thank you for texting in. We are Jonah. And it's so important to keep that view, both in the good and the bad, right? Because we are Jonah in that we are called on a mission. We are Jonah in that we often run away from God. We don't do what God tells us to do. We are Jonah in that we are saved by God and pursued by God purely by his grace, not because of anything that we merit. And we are Jonah in that sometimes we have the wrong attitude and we only care about ourselves and we don't care about, we don't share God's heart for the world. So may we learn from that and may we remember the one who said, I am greater than Jonah. That's Jesus who said, the one and only sign I will give you is the sign of the prophet Jonah who went into the heart of the earth for three days in the belly of the whale and then came out and that that speaks to how Jesus said, I too will die, I'll be in the heart of the earth for three days and then I will raise from the dead. He is the one who is greater than Jonah, the one who was cast into the storm of God's wrath in order to save us, just like Jonah was cast in a storm of God's wrath in order to save the sailors. So thank you so much for that text message. I love the book of Jonah. I'm glad you do too. Let's go ahead and go over to our caller on line one, Katie in Colorado Springs. Hi, Katie. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Um, so I... I guess I just want to, like, just, I'll just jump into it. I kind of have, like, some pretty big self-esteem issues, I think. Okay. And um, <laughs> and um, a big thing that I have is, like, uh, people ask, you know, do you believe in God? And I say, yes, I believe in God, but do you think you're going to heaven? And I say, I, well, I don't know. I hope so. Mm-hmm. And, um this Saturday when we, when I was in church and the the guy in church was talking about, you know, his divorce and 
what 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 was on his heart and what he had to think about and I thought about that and I'm like what's on my heart why why do why do I not have like complete faith in God and stuff too and I think it's not that I don't believe that God exists but that um why would anybody want me <laughs> so, so oh. why would why would God want me yeah um cuz I'm going through <laughs> My husband says he wants a divorce, wow. and um, I've had like you know boyfriends in the past I thought were pretty serious, and then just kidding. Hmm. Um, same thing. <laughs> My husband's like, oh, now he doesn't want me. So I kind of feel the same way. Like, and why? Why would God want me? So why am I? Why would I go to heaven? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm so very I was sorry wondering if there that. was maybe. Um, Maybe like some verses, yeah. To to kind of read and um. There absolutely I, are some verses that I can turn you to, and yeah. um, so I don't know if you have a Bible with you, but I, I can read you these verses. This is from Romans chapter five, and it's one of my favorites. Uh, I'm going to read you a lot of verses because there are a lot of verses that speak directly to what you're saying. Um, and, and I hope that they do give you comfort and assurance of the fact that God loves you without question and that he wants you so bad. Here's what it says uh, in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. It says this, God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And he says in verse 10, if while we were enemies of God, he reconciled us to himself by the death of his son, how much now that how much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life you know we also think about um we think about places like uh, john chapter 15 where jesus says there is greater no one has any greater love than this and that he would give his life for his friends and he says and i call you my friends in other words jesus is saying here's the proof of how much i love you that i gave my life for you one of the best things I ever heard, you know, someone say is that, um, and, and it's absolutely true and it's totally biblical. And what he said is that many people believe that they can either be fully known or they can be fully loved. In other words, if you really let people get to know you as you truly are, they won't love you. They, they will reject you. Uh, that's the one fear. The other fear is um, that, well, then I just can't let people know me because if they know me, then they won't love me. And if they love me, well, then they, they must not know me completely. And if they do get to know me, then they won't love me. But the, the message of the gospel is that God knows you more than anyone ever will. And he, in fact, he knows you even better. He even knows your flaws and your faults even better than you yourself know them. And yet, in spite of that, he loves you more than you could ever imagine. And the proof of that is that he gave his own life. He left his heavenly throne to come to this dusty earth. He gave up a crown of glory for a crown of thorns for your sake. That's how much he loves you. And the Bible continually tells us, if you want to know how much God loves you, look to the cross. Look at how much he gave up for you. And he gained nothing out of it except for you. And he said, and one of my favorite parables, I'm going to tell you another one, is um, Matthew chapter 13, I believe it's verse 44, where Jesus tells the parable of the treasure hidden in a field. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found, and in his joy 
went and sold everything he had and purchased that field. And, uh, and so the question is, what is the field and who is the person? Right, because a lot of people would look at that and they would say, well, the person is us, right? And we find the gospel and the gospel is such a treasure that we're willing to give up everything, even our very lives for it. But I think if you look in context, he says uh, that the field is the world is actually what he says in the previous parable. And so what that means is that God looked at the world and he saw you and he considered you such a treasure that he was willing to give up everything. He was willing to give up his very life. He was willing to give up heaven in order to sell everything so that in his joy, he didn't even do it begrudgingly. He did it in his joy. He came and made you his own. I guess you could put it this way, is that the message of the gospel is that we are so sinful that only the death of God himself could save us, but we are so loved by God that God himself is happy to do that for us. It even says that in Hebrews chapter 12 that for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross and 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 despised the shame of the cross for you and so i just want to encourage you we have one minute left in the show and i'd like to pray for you but i want you to know that that your self-worth is found in this and and i hope you do see it in this that god wants you so much he will never leave you or forsake you and he has done everything to prove it to you and I really want you to get involved with a Christian community that's going to help you feel that practically, not just in words, okay? And uh, thank you so much for calling in. I, I'd like to pray for you as we close the show. Heavenly Father, we pray for Katie. Lord, we pray that she would see how much you love her. We pray that she would sense it and feel it and have Christian people around her who embrace her in your name. Lord, help her to have a sense of how much she is loved by you and how valuable she is to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Calvary Live. I am Pastor Nick Cady of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont. Thank you so much for listening and for calling in. God bless you and have a great night. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.